0: Hi, it's Molly. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the XL Books Podcast. I believe you're in for a treat. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Hey, hey, welcome back to the XL Books Podcast. It's Molly. I am so happy to speak with you today. I am. I'm just, I'm in a really good mood today. So if I seem like extra cheery, you've been warned. Uh, The happiness monster is here. Um, But Back to the show. Um, For those of you tuning in for the first time, thank you so much for joining me today. On my show, we like to talk about work, family, and life. I like to keep it real. I like to talk about things that actually matter. Um, You know, and I think sometimes it's nice just to have someone talk to you and give you tips on how to live life in a very simple, you know, logical way. If you want to know more about me, please visit me on the web at xelbooks.com. I would love to hear from you. All right. So as promised, I'm continuing the series. Ah, I know, right? You're like, Molly, you're actually going to do it. I am because you are important to me and I have been listening to your comments. Thank you so much. Um speaking of comments, I want to take a brief moment to give you guys an update on how I'm recovering from the accident. I know some people have asked, some of you've been like, "Hey Molly, like, is your family okay? What happened? blah blah blah." Um so I want to give you a brief update. I am doing well. My family is doing well. Of the four of us, I did take the brunt of the impact. Um, but only my youngest son and I have any kind of, uh, injury from a trauma perspective, but nothing major. We're all going to heal just fine. The chiropractor taking fantastic care of us. Things worked out with the lawyer. It worked out beautifully. Like the favor of God is just all over this case. Like it went from stress to complete bliss. So we are doing well. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for all that reached out. We truly, truly appreciate you. All right, let's jump into today's series. So we're still talking about working from home. And I want to talk to you specifically about something that I think is overlooked. And then you're like, Molly, you say that every episode. I do. Maybe I think it's all overlooked. It's all a rouge. <laughs> no, but I do think this particular area is something that people don't think about. And what I'm talking about is expectations. And you're like, what do you mean expectations? I'm Like, oh, there's a lot <laughs> to deal with expectations. So let's start off. When you think of working from home, most people just think of the expectation of maybe what their their shift should be, you know, as far as what hours they're required to lock on. They may have an expectation as far as payment. Um, but there's another aspect of expectation as far as managing yourself. And I want to touch on all three of those today. So let's start with the hours. So we kind of talked about this in the last episode where we discussed that working from home doesn't mean that you work less. Um, In fact, it's quite the opposite. Um, You may find yourself working twice as much because they're thinking, why can't you? You don't have the commute. You don't have to worry about, you know, offices and you know, physical red tape, you know, you don't have to worry about walking a country mile from the parking lot to the office or gas or, you know, taking kids to the the daycare whatever, you're working from home. And they're thinking, even if you can't, you know, do things at the time we are expecting you to, we expect you to get it done because you're working from home. Um, you know, most of the time you have a computer that you can take with you. So why can't you get the work done? right? And no one likes to really hear that, right? We don't want to hear that. We just want to hear, give me a paycheck, let me work eight to five, do nothing at all, hour-long lunch, lazy days, and life is good. But that's not the true expectation that's happening. So what you don't know is when you were hired for, to work from home, there was an invisible expectation that was written, It wasn't written in your job description. It wasn't written in the salary contract you signed. But in that contract, in that fine print and invisible ink, it said, we expect you to always get your work done, regardless of what time it is, because you work from home. Our expectations of you are twice as high as we would have for someone who's working in office. And why is that? A person in office, they can watch them, right? They're constantly looking at them. They can see when they're walking in late. Everybody notices it. They can tell when they're unprofessional. They can tell when they're taking too many breaks. They can see everything. So nothing is hidden. There's cameras. There's security badges to get in the buildings. There's all that jazz. So although the expectation is do your best, they don't really emphasize it because they can literally look at you and say, oh, you've been late five times this week. Let's have a one-on-one, have a performance improvement plan. Working from home, it's different. So number one, they can't see you all day. Now, some companies do a really good job of this. You know, they have constant meetings and they require that you're on camera so they can actually see that you're there and you're doing your job. That is an expectation. And let's caveat on that for a minute. Let's 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 expand that for a minute. So... When you're working from home, the expectation of being on camera is a given. I hate to say it. I know some of you are like, but I don't like being on camera. My privacy is invaded. Well, you're working from home. I mean, you know, I'm going to say this because I love you. You're working from home. You don't really have privacy working at home. Why? Because they're literally in your home. Um, (laughs) You know, where are you going to do? You can't look at the background of my room. Well, then move your computer somewhere else where they can't see it because you're in your private space. So you're you're really, the blurred lines of privacy and professionalism, it it really comes to head when you work from home. So you got to think about that. You know, they're already expecting you to give your best and work and get it done. But they're also expecting that you should be ready to be on camera and that you should be professional enough both in your personal appearance and your background when they call you on camera. And what do I mean by that? And, and I'm, I know some of you are probably going to like throw a, you know, a virtual stone at me, uh, but I mean it in love. When I say professional, let me tell you what's not professional. Let's start with that. What's not professional as a virtual expectation of working from home, is you're working in your room and the entire background that can be seen from your camera is a mess. And let's define mess, because some people say, well, it's not a mess, I know where everything is. Okay, mess is we can see piles of laundry. We can see um, trash and debris you know, behind you. We see other people in the background that aren't yourself. And I you're thinking, it's unprofessional to see them. Well, in a sense, yes. Now it's different if you did like the, you know, take your kid to work um, day. You know, that's different. I brought my kids to work for the virtual take your kids to work day and had them meet some of the greatest team members I have so that they could learn, you know, and get some knowledge. But outside of that, My family has a very clear understanding of the expectation of working from home for my job. And that is, I should not see you on my camera. If I'm in a meeting, you don't come behind my camera. Matter of fact, I move things so that the chance of uh, my boss seeing family members behind me is very slim. I choose my decor wisely. And you say, choose your decor now, <laughs> I'm going to rub some, some I'm going to ruffle some feathers here. When I say choose your decor wisely, so let me say this. You absolutely want to be comfortable at home, right? Because it's your home. This is where you live. This is your environment. This is your safe space. Nothing wrong with that. But when you're working, you want to think about what they can see on camera because it reflects on you. There's an expectation that you're always professional. Say you are the most talented person in your team, but the background that they see behind you is skulls and um, video game pictures where people are shooting everybody, you know, those kind of things. Is there something wrong with shooting video games? I don't think so. Uh, we'll have a whole nother episode on video games if you want to know. I'll wait for you guys to tell me if you want to hear it. But you want to think about, okay, do I really want the CEO of my company to see a weapon in a picture in the background when I'm on camera? Do we really want them to see things that remind them of death um, (laughs) on the camera when they're looking at me? No, you don't. You want them to look at you and think, okay, this is a positive person, a professional person. This is someone that I could have an on-the-spot meeting with my boss and bring them in to meet them, and I wouldn't feel embarrassed as their manager to introduce them. You, you wanna think about those things because your workplace at home has now become the cubicle. And in the cubicle, you always kept your cubicle neat. Well, I would say, I hope you kept it neat. You kept it neat enough so that if your boss came by, they wouldn't look and say, This is a pigsty. Um, for those of you thinking it's not that big a deal, okay. I want to take you back to a movie. And you're like, Molly, really? We're going to go buy movies? Yes, we are. Um, Because I love movies and movies are awesome. So I want you to think about the very first Jurassic Park movie. You remember, we're talking T-Rex. We've got the, you know, the, I don't know, archaeologists. I'm really bad with, you know, the terms of whatever their jobs were. But, you know, the people that dust off the bones and discover what they were years ago and all that. Everybody's on this site. They're visiting Jurassic World. They've been, they're outside. They're actually, uh, you know, helping the little rhino or Triceratop down there that's sick, you know, something on her tongue, you know, all this grossness going on. And then all of a sudden, one of the people that's working there decides to betray the company. And I remember, and I want you to think about this part. So he's betrayed the company. He's taken samples of all the dinosaurs. He's put it in a little handy dandy little barbasol can so he could give it into the, you know, the people that are gonna pay him. And he's messed up all the security system. And while this happens and the manager realizes something is wrong, and he goes to his other employee and says, Hey, please fix whatever he did. And the first thing that, that guy does when he comes over there, he says, Look at this workstation. It's a mess. And he takes his hand and he just swashes everything to the floor. Why? Because he's like, I can't even get to the keyboard. I can't even get to do the work. It's because the work environment and how you keep your your area matters. It makes a difference in how people see you. You know, you would hear a lot of times the same guy that was betraying them kept saying, well, I'm one of the smartest guys in here. Who else can do a code of this, this, and that? Who else can do this kind of security systems like that? Not me. I need more money. You know, and he clearly knew his worth. And the manager clearly knew his skill set. Otherwise, he wouldn't have still been there. He wouldn't have still been employed. But the way that he carried himself when he had to uh, meet important people, the way his workstation was kept, the way he talked with other people made him appear like an employee that a company doesn't want to keep. And so I'm saying this to you out of kindness and love. You know, to keep in mind that hidden expectation. They're not going to tell you that, you know, in the fine print, but it is there. You know, they're looking at that. Think of it like when you're doing an interview. When you do a virtual job interview, you want everything to look perfect. I'm not saying you have to be that perfect every single day, but you want to make sure that it's still professional in theme so that your boss never has to question whether or not they can put you before other people. So talked about the work part as far as what they're expecting of you. Um, we talked about the hours. We're gonna take a quick break and I'm gonna talk to you about how to deal with expectations of managing yourself. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that very brief interlude. Um, let's get right back into it. So we're talking about working from home and expectations. And we talked about expectations from the aspect of what kind of hours they really want you to work. We talked about expectations as far as what is professional, what's not, how should you look on camera, what should your background look like, um, you know, the do's and don'ts, you know, all those things. I'm going to talk to you about expectations as far as managing yourself. So this is a really I could really go multiple ways with this, but I'm gonna start with one way. So let's first talk about your expectation as far as communicating with people virtually. And I don't mean you have to go and take a speech class or anything crazy like that, but you wanna think about managing yourself when it comes to your profile picture. And know you're thinking, really? really? My picture? Yes, it matters. I have had people that I've worked with in very big companies. I've worked for Fortune 500s before, and they've got profile pictures that looks like a Star Wars character or, you know, maybe a minion or something like that, you know, just little things. And they're not like offensive pictures or anything. But when you look up someone, you know, say you're using, you know, and there's all kinds of communication channels, right? We've got Messenger, we've got Facebook, we've got LinkedIn, we've got uh, Slack and all kinds of things that you can use, different tools that you can use. Slack is a very popular tool. I've, I've used it in multiple companies. And I can tell you firsthand, when I have someone I'm looking up to talk to or meet with, and their profile picture looks like a cartoon character or an anime thing or a Star Wars or, you know, all these things. It's like, okay, I I don't feel like they're going to be serious at work. I might not want to talk to them, but I may have no choice. But I already my my concern level is already raised because I don't know what kind of person I'm talking to. I don't know if they're going to put on their professional hat. Um, you want to manage yourself in that area. These are things they're not going to tell you in the interview or when you sign the contract, but they're expecting you to be professional. You know, think about this. Your boss loves your work, right? They're talking to their boss saying, my employee is amazing. And they're like, I want to meet this person. Oh yeah, sure, look them up. Their name is John Doe. And when they look up John Doe, there's a picture of Bob's Burgers, you know, (laughs) the main character sitting on there. And you're like, okay, I'm not looking at television. Why? I want to see their face. How can I see them? You know, you also want to think about the name that you give yourself online. And, you know, and I'm going to say this. I know I'm ruffling feathers. You want to think about what you name yourself, both in, Social tools such as like a Slack or something, and you also want to think about the email that you're using when you first join the company. I have seen it all. <laughs> I thought that I had, I would never see these things, but I've seen it. I have seen people applying for manager positions with emails like Mac Daddy, Tiny Dancer. You know, these are their email addresses. I can tell you, it already puts a bad taste in the leadership's mouth when they see that. They're like, okay, of all the things, this is the email you're choosing. I mean, heck, you create a new email. It's free. Yeah, it's not like it's going to cost you money. You could have a email dedicated for things like job interviews and all that or, or, or working. And then that would be the only thing they ever see is, okay, this is the professional email address. But when you put nicknames, and nicknames are fine, but you got to think about, does it, is it something a CEO would be like, oh, that's cool. And I don't mean cool like, oh, okay, well, uh, you're creative. No, you don't want that awkward cool. You want the, oh, wow. Okay, great. Let's talk. You want to think about that. And for those of you thinking, it's really not that big a deal. Okay. Okay. I want you to think about Red Lobster and maybe you have a different restaurant that you think is nicer. Think of your favorite, fanciest restaurant that you enjoy going to. If I'm at Red Lobster and I'm having a problem with my meal and the expert who can help me is the manager and the waiter says, here's their card, you can contact them. And on their card, it's a picture of some little cartoon character with bunny ears on it. And then it says hippity hop at gmail.com. I'm going to look at that. and I'm like, is this a joke? I'm serious. I'm talking about my meal and my food. They're like, no, that's the manager. I'm going to say, this is not professional. I'm not coming back here again because you start to question the integrity of the company based on what is being presented. And so you want to manage yourself when you think of your image and what you name yourself. Now, let's talk about some more expectations of managing ourselves. And you're like, really? Yep, I'm getting all in your Kool-Aid today. (laughs) Um, You also wanna think about your time. So one of the great things about working from home is there's a lot of flexibility. A lot of companies realize they have to kinda offer that to keep employment um, staffing high. So they offer things like, hey, you pick when you want to go to lunch, you know, you, you pick when your day in, so to speak, but you want to be mindful and careful and think about some things. So number one, especially if you're salary, so all my salary people, whether you're new to salary or existing salary, this is for you. Um, it applies to hourly too, but mainly for my salary folks. So salary means they expect you to work. They don't care if that means working at 8 o'clock or 8.30. They're not counting. They're not sitting there with a clock or a stopwatch to see when you clock in. But they expect you to clock in at a reasonable time. Reasonable. Let me repeat. Reasonable. Reasonable. Uh, <laughs> reasonable means, okay, You should be online between 8 and 8.30. You should. Just because your salary does not mean, oh, well, I'm salary, I'll clock in around 10. That is not reasonable. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where your expertise is going to be needed. You don't know what last minute meetings are going to come up. You don't want your team to think, I can't rely on them because I don't know when they're going to clock in. You don't want to do that. If your shift normally starts at 8, you want to be there at 8. If they don't tell you when, use 8 o'clock as your marker. You're like, but that's early. It's a job. It's a job. You know, it's what you do. If you don't like it, you know, start your own business. And if you want to know how to start your own business, visit me on the web at xelbooks.com and I will help you get your business started. But (laughs) when you're working for somebody else, you want to make sure that you respect their time. So if they give you a job and they say, I want you to be online, be online between 8 and 8.30. Now, let's talk about lunch. Mm -hmm. Yes, Uh, let's talk about the lunch. So, number one, you need to know that your lunch should be still between the typical lunch hours. This means this is not a 3 p.m. You haven't eaten all day and now you're taking lunch at 3. That doesn't work. This is not, okay, 4 o'clock, I'm going to take a half an hour to eat because I've just been slammed all day. That does not work. Lunch is typically between the hours of around 1130 and 2. And when I say 1130 and 2, I mean no earlier than 1130. And your lunch is complete no later than 2. So not, you can't come up and say, oh, it's 2 o'clock. I'm taking my lunch. You're like, lunch? Lunch ended like half an hour ago. Like your boss is going to look at you like, why? Why? Now, I understand some people have a scheduled lunch, meaning your job has already told you you will take lunch at this time. If that's the case, go for it. Do exactly what they told you to do. But if they didn't tell you when to take lunch, you want to use that goal, that range that I gave you and manage yourself. I can't tell you how many people I've seen lose a job that are good at their job, but they lost it because they're like, they're always late. They never go to lunch at a decent hour. They always got to leave early and there's always a PTO request. Manage yourself. It'll save you a headache. You also want to think about in this managing expectations is thinking about what your to do list must be. The era of bosses coming to you and say, here, you must do these five things today and giving you a list to do every day. That era is over. And to be quite frank, and I know this is not going to be the most popular statement, but for leaders, it feels like babysitting if they have to write out what you need to do today. You should be managing yourself and giving your job no reason to second guess having you there. They should be like so over the moon about you that they're like, I don't know. Every time they're, they're always doing something. I never see them twiddling their thumbs. They're never asking me, you know, what, what do I do today? They've always got something going on. It's called managing yourself. My boss never has to give me a list ever. If my boss never gave me a to-do list and said, Molly, I want you to do these 10 things. If she never said a word, I would have at least 15 things to do that day. I would create 15 things to do. I would be doing proactive things. I would be thinking ahead. I would be trying to solve problems that no one's even asked about yet. I would be reaching out to customers just to find out, hey, you know, what could we do to make things better? I would be creating a to-do list so that my boss knows I'm always thinking about our company. I'm always being productive. I am not wasting company dollars. She can count on me to do anything. I manage myself. Now, one more thing on this managing expectations, because I know you're like, Mommy, you're just beating me down. I can't take anymore. It's okay. You're going to make it. We're in the home stretch. Um, I also want you to think about something that most people never do. And I have been doing it for years and it's really helped me. Managing yourself, working from home, your expectation, and this is my challenge to you. I want you to keep a list and however you need to do the list, some people are paper people, okay, then write it on paper. Some people like digital, like myself, I keep an Excel spreadsheet. You should have a running list of your accomplishments for the company and how it added value to the company goals. And I know, I know, I can hear the crickets. <coughs> like, Molly, why? Why should I have to do that? They're going to do a performance plan anyway. Uh -uh Uh-uh-uh. You want to be ahead of the game. You want to be ahead of the game for two reasons. Number one, when your boss says, hey, it's time to do a performance evaluation, because this is how some people get their bonuses and raises, right? You know, how you perform makes a difference of whether or not they feel they should give you more money, um, if they have it to give, right? Because company may not have it, um... So you wanna have that so when they say, hey, do you, you know why do you think you're worth, I don't know, you're worth $100,000? Here's why. I've done these 15 things since I've been here and five of those 15 things have saved the company around $150,000 by itself. We go through the rest of the list, we'll see that I've saved you a total of maybe $200,000 for the whole year. So I definitely think I'm worth half of that. You know, these are great bargaining chips. But if you have nothing to stand on, nothing to prove and say, hey, I did this, no one's going to know. The other thing is you want to think about where you're going and you want to think about how it adds value to them wanting to keep you. See, a lot of people look at their accomplishments at work and just think, oh, okay, well, it's just so I can get that bonus or that raise. It is so much deeper than that. Sometimes it's about you just keeping your job, period. Yeah, I said it. Um, And it may not be that you're a bad employee. You may be a top-notch employee. But if you've never done anything outside of the box for your company, if you've never decided to just work a little bit late to help them meet that deadline, if you've never reached out to your boss when you had downtime and said, hey, is there anything you need me to do? even though you know you have time and you really don't want to, like if you've never thought outside of yourself working from home, they remember those things. I guarantee you. Okay. I know I said that was the last tip. One more tip, managing yourself expectations. Be a person who doesn't need direction for everything. And I know that's really easier said than done when you first start off at a company absolutely you're gonna have questions i expect you to ask you know your leaders how do i do this i don't know what this is where's the login blah 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 but at some point especially when you've been at the company you know at least i'd say at least six months minimum right you should be thinking outside the box to solve questions without bothering your manager and I'm not saying your manager isn't willing to help. A lot of us have great managers, right? I know some people don't, and I'm praying for all of you, praying for the peace and favor and, and, you know, that God will put you before kings and queens. But regardless of the manager you have, you want to be the kind of employee that if your manager says, hey, I want you to update this. If you don't know how, try to figure it out first. Don't just sit there and say, I don't know how to do it. What you're doing when you do that is you're actually giving your boss a problem without a solution. You're not even saying, okay, well, who would know how to do this? You didn't think about, hmm, maybe I should look up the the company directory. Most companies allow you to see the org chart. Somebody's skills is going to be up there that can help lead you in that direction, you know, um, or say, Hmm, I've never done this with Excel. Okay. Have you Googled how to do Excel? I mean, say you got the job and you got it on the seat of your pants because you don't have that skill set. You should be teaching yourself or say, okay, they want me to make, um, I don't know, they want me to make a a virtual magazine or something. You're like, I've never done that before. Okay, look up some tools. What does the company already have on the computer? Explore the Windows icon. Explore the, the, you know, I I know some of you are are Mac users. Explore the Mac icon. Check out, you know, what they've got there. And see, okay, we have this system built in. We have this system built in. Okay, would any of these help me meet that goal? You know, and then when your boss comes back and says, hey, what's the status update? How are you doing? You have more to say other than, oh, I didn't know how to do it. And I was waiting to talk to you. That sounds like wasted time to a manager. And, and I'm saying this in love because I'm telling you, I've had people I've had to lay off for this. I, I've watched it. I've watched it lived it um, think outside the box be that person you don't know how to do it figure it out if you tried it and you you still don't know then you can have something to stand on and say hey boss I got your request I tried to do what you said I looked up some ways I've never done this before so far I think this tool will help me do it and I think this resource will help me learn it do you have a faster way or a recommended approach for me to do this. And then your boss will let you know how they want you to take it from there. They'll either say, hey, next time you don't know, tell me, I'll set you up with training on some, with somebody. Or maybe they'll say, thank you for being proactive and not just bringing a problem, but trying to resolve it. I'm telling you, a boss that sees an employee that can do things without them is a blessing beyond words and they remember those names and they fight harder to keep them employed than someone who only does the status quo. Whew, I feel a lot at y'all. This was a tough love lesson. This is one of those episodes where you're like, Molly, why? Um, but I still love y'all. I love y'all. Um, thank you so much. I hope you got something out of today's episode. I will be back again next week with another episode on working from home so that you can be the best you that you are. Until next time, be blessed, be prosperous, full of joy, and take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Excel Books Podcast with Molly. You can find more helpful resources and services at xcelbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please send us a message at xelbooks.com or email xelbooks at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again next time for more tips on work, family, and life.